Okay, anyway, let's look this morning at, uh, at righteousness. Now, this is in Psalm 4, and then look at verse 1. He says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Now, I don't want to pass a good, a, a good note right here. David is in trouble. You know, <laughs> he's asking for the Lord's help, and we need to act just like him. And this is so important. He says, hear me when I call. Now, I tell you, I don't know about you, but uh, I know about me. I used to hear messages about, you know, you know, God decides whether or not he wants to answer your prayer or not. God decides whether he listens to you. Or somebody will say, well, he always listens, but, you know, we need to not get in a hurry about the things of God. Well, <laughs> excuse me, I'm going to act like David. Besides that, David is a little bit more had a little bit more prestigious position than any of us have ever had. I've never been a ruler of a nation, president or anything like this. David was at the very top. He was king of Israel, and he said, he talked to God this way, hear me when I call. <laughs> That's like your daddy tells you, says, are you listening? Listen to me. Woo. Now, we're not bossing God around. What is he doing? David knew I'm in trouble and my only help is you, Lord. So hear me when I call. That's his attitude. But now look at this phrase. Oh God of my righteousness. What does that mean? Well, if you didn't know what that meant, the rule of, uh, that I use when I read my Bible is just keep on reading. Don't let it stop you. Keep on going. But we're going to learn something about this anyway. Oh God of my righteousness, thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. So, O God of my righteousness, I'm going to switch this to the Living Bible. You can look at some other translations, and they will bear uh, much the same here. We're going to use the Living Bible. It says, O God of my righteousness. So here we go. He says, O God, look at this. You have declared me perfect in your eyes. Now, wow, that's, that's different. Is that what righteousness means? Well, think about it. O God of my righteousness. He was talking about God was my righteousness. See, we have to have forgiveness of sins or we're in trouble. Somebody has got to overlook our errors because God is a holy God. We can read from even just the book of Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. When Adam had sinned, it cost him his relationship with God and he was put out of the garden. And then you can read the book of Genesis and just see how man went downhill from then on. And it wasn't until Jesus came and he died for us. And the, even then, people didn't know why he died. He tried to tell us he was dying for our sins. And he rose again, and then now something has happened. And Jesus, of course, he's died for all of us. And so it was a substitute. So even when you think about Jesus being substitute, you can recognize what's being said here in Psalm 4, verse 1. Oh God, you have declared me perfect in your eyes. Now, why would God declare you perfect in his eyes? Because of Jesus. Think about 1 John 1 and verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. In other words, God is going to honor the fact that Jesus died on the cross for you and I. But you'll see when you read the book of Psalms that David always counted on God to forgive him. You would see it when he would say, uh, well, here it is right here. He says, have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Have mercy. <clears throat> mercy didn't mean, well, you know, God, I'm, I'm so good. I'm so good. Just, just help me because I'm so good. No, he didn't ever say that. <laughs> he said, have mercy on me. Wow. But anyway, so declared me perfect in your eyes. Wow. Let's go to another psalm here and we'll see even more what righteousness is. 
Oh, let's go down here to, uh, let me switch back to the King James again. And I want to go to Psalm 143. Because here's the dilemma we find ourselves in. And, and how are we ever going to be able to get the Lord to help us if uh, we've made so many mistakes and we don't deserve his help? Okay, so here we go. Psalm 143. Uh, uh, look, how, look how similar this is. Hear my prayer. <laughs> You know, and, and really, that's what we want to do in our life. We want to always, when we're in trouble or no matter what, Lord, I want you to hear me. I need you to hear me. And that, to me, that just annihilates my unbelief right there. It just throws it out the window and makes me put my hands on my hips and say, you know what, I'm going to act like David. I'm going to quit thinking God doesn't listen to me. And I'm going to say to the Lord too, Lord, hear my prayer. Watch this. Oh, Lord, give ear to my supplication. There it is again. He said, please listen to me. Supplication just means my request. He says, and in thy faithfulness, answer me. Look at this. And in thy righteousness. What do we mean? Is righteousness mean God do something right here? No. God is holy. And the only way I can get the holy God to do something for me is if he will declare me holy. Now look at verse 2. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight no man living shall be justified. In other words, he says, let's don't talk about my mistakes right now because, Lord, nobody's perfect and you know I have made my mistakes. Interesting enough, he didn't waller in self-pity right here and worry about it anymore because he trusted God would always forgive him. He went right on into verse 3. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He's smitten my life down to the ground. He's made me to dwell in uh, darkness like those that have been long dead. In other words, and then he says, my spirit is overwhelmed. I don't know what your trouble is, but I felt this way too. I don't care. It could be big or small, but it takes your attention and you're like, oh no. Oh no. What am I going to do? Well, what I'm going to do is act like David. I am going to ask the Lord for his help, you know. Verse 5, I remember days of old. I remember on all thy works. I muse on the works of thy hands. In other words, I always remembered, Lord, how you got me out of trouble. Praise the Lord. And he says, I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsts for thee as a thirsty land. <laughs> I can't stop. Look at this. Verse 7, that's because David won't stop. Hear me. How fast? Speedily. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, it just makes us just jump off, you know, the diving board and say, well, I'm going to learn how to dive. I'm going to learn to do this when you know you've never done it before and your friends are trying to tell you to jump off. Maybe your parents and you're just, you've never jumped off a diving board before. Maybe it's a high dive and finally you do it. Well, we need to jump off too and realize that, you know, praise God, God's going to take care of me and I'm bold enough just to ask him for his help. But anyway, I like that where he says, enter not into judgment with thy servant. Now, let's go back to... Uh, uh, this time we'll go to the New Testament here. And uh, let me close this down. Let's go to Matthew. And I want to look at uh, Matthew chapter, chapter 6 here. And in Matthew chapter 6, let me skip down here to what I need to get to. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh. Uh, Ah, uh, let's see. That's no, actually chapter 5. Let's go to chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Okay, remember all that. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is where we're talking here. And uh, here it is. Look at verse 20. For I say to you 
that accept your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ooh, well then my righteousness, something's got to give. And matter of fact, what's interesting is the scribes and the Pharisees were the most supposedly committed to the things of God. I mean, they were supposed to be doing it right. Matter of fact, Jesus even said about them one time, he said, everything they tell you to do, do. Just don't act like them because they were hypocrites. (laughs) He said, what they're telling you to do is right, but don't act like them, you know. But look what he says, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you cannot get into heaven. Well, Richard, what am I going to do? Well, we're going to keep reading our Bible. There's a way out, of course. David was already living in it, and we're going to live in it too. I want to go down to Philippians chapter 3, because uh, the Apostle Paul brings this thing up here. Uh, Let's see what he says here. Uh, Let's start here in... Philippians chapter 3 and look at verse 9. And be found in him, he's talking about be found in Jesus, not having mine own righteousness. See, because our righteousness, <laughs> we're not good enough. You cannot do enough good things to get into heaven. Some people even think, well, okay, I can't do enough good things, but I'm going to die. That's my punishment. Well, it's going to be worse than just dying. You, you can't just die and go to heaven. You'll just die and wind up in hell, is what, according to the scriptures. But your death is not good enough. Something has to happen. So he says, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. In other words, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. And we have blown. All you got to do is blow one of the Ten Commandments. And the scripture says you've blown them all. You know, think about them. Honor your father and mother. Well, I failed on that one. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, gee. I mean, you could be the best son and daughter or whatever, but you know how it is. You may have an attitude, may not be right, or you, you didn't have a, you just took some stuff out on your parents one day. You know, you've broken it. Thou shalt to what? No, not commit adultery. Well, how are you doing there? Jesus said, if you look on a woman to lust after, you've committed adultery. Oh, my goodness. What are some other ones? Thou shalt not bear false witness. You ever told a lie? Well, you know, <laughs> what about thou shalt not steal? You ever stole anything? I mean, I'll tell you what, we, <laughs> we have come short in some form or another. None of us are perfect, so we're in trouble. So he says here, uh, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Wow, so we have righteousness given to us? Yeah. Let me switch this to the, uh, to the Living Bible. See if we see anything a little different here. That's verse 9. Uh, here we go. Uh, it's interesting. You know, I mean, it, I use a lot of scriptures and whatever, and someone might say, well, you know, if I want to read my Bible, I'll just go home. Well, you're probably not reading it at home. Some people aren't. You know, I'd rather spend our time here looking at these scriptures because they'll just lay there and you'll never read them. <clears throat> And become one with him, no longer counting on being saved, look at this, by being good enough or by obeying God's laws. (gasps) Well, Richard, I thought that's how you get to heaven, you obey God's laws. Well, there's a difference here. Look at this. But by trusting Christ to save me. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith, counting on Christ alone. This is what's so fantastic. You can lie in your bed at night and know that Christ is the one who's made you right. 
praise the Lord. Let me show you this in the book. In, excuse me, in the book of uh, in the book of Romans here. Uh, you look at the book of Romans. Uh, well, before we get there, let's go to Second Corinthians chapter uh, five, and it's the very last verse here. He's talking about the same thing. Oh. Uh, uh, get to it. Excuse me. Second Corinthians chapter five. Oh, and then look down here at verse 21. Look at that verse for he hath made him. He's talking about Jesus. Look at verse 20. Now we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. Okay. All right. Verse 20 for he hath made him to be sin for us. He's talking about he's it's a it's a substitute. He made Jesus to be sin for us. Look at this. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So was David correct when he said, Oh God, hear me. Oh God of my righteousness. In other words, you have declared me perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because David was trusting God to consider him holy. And therefore God would help him. Otherwise, we don't have any approach. We're not kin to God. We don't, I mean, he's not... We don't have. We can't call him Father God. There's got to be a way that we can be part of the family. And the way we became part of the family is because Jesus has forgiven us and gave us this righteousness. Let me show you this again in Romans chapter 5. What a beautiful story here in Romans chapter 5. Uh, <clears throat> telling the, the whole details of this whole thing. Start, he's actually comparing what happened when Adam and Eve were in the garden. He says in verse 12, whereas by one man sin entered into the world. See, a lot of times we think, well, Richard, it was just your sin. It was just, it's what we did individually that is really tumped over the boat. No, truthfully, it was because of what Adam did. Now, we've joined in the chorus. We've made our own mistakes. But the thing that wiped it out was when Adam fell in the garden, according to Romans here. Verse 12, for by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed on all men, for that all have sinned. <clears throat> for the law, for until the law, sin was in the world, but it was not imputed. Let me switch this to the Living Bible real quick. Just do it this way here. Oh. Okay, so by one guy it says. Now listen to this story. Oh, when Adam sinned, verse 12, this is Romans chapter uh, 5. Look at verse 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the human race. His sin spread death throughout all the world so that everything began to grow old and die for all sin. Wow. Now we know that it was Adam's sin that caused this because although, of course, people were sinning from the time of Adam until Moses, God did not in those days judge them guilty of death for breaking his laws because he had not yet given his laws nor told them what he wanted them to do. Remember, the law came... Mount Sinai with Moses, 450 years after Abraham. Verse 14, so when their bodies died, it was not for their own sins, since they themselves had never disobeyed God's special law against eating the forbidden fruit as Adam did. Now listen to this. What a contrast between Adam and Christ who was yet to come. What a difference between man's sin and God's forgiveness. For this one man, Adam brought death to many through his sin. But this one man, Jesus, brought forgiveness to many through God's mercy. Let me quote that out of the King James. By one man's offense, death reigned. But they that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life 
but Jesus Christ. Wow. Verse 16, Adam's one sin brought the penalty of death to many. See, the reason this is in here is for us to feel right, feel good, knowing that, you know what? Adam is how come I don't have a relationship with God. It was something, even though we would have done the same thing and we've made mistakes, it was Adam blowing it that cost me my relationship with God. So in other words, Richard, you didn't have anything to do with it, even though we're part of it. But it was a result of Adam. Now, the reason you want to associate Adam being responsible for your dilemma is so that you can associate the answer. You didn't have anything to do with the answer. This is so wonderful. So along comes Jesus. He dies for your sins, and you didn't have anything to do with it. All you did was say, you know what? I believe. And there you go. And that's what he's saying here. Verse 16. Oh, verse 16. Adam's one sin brought the penalty of death to many. While Christ freely takes away our many sins and gives glorious life instead. The sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to be king over all. But all who take God's gift of forgiveness and acquittal are kings of life because of this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's sin brought punishment to all. But Christ's righteousness makes men right with God so that they can live. Hallelujah. Adam, look at this phrase. (laughs) Adam caused many to be sinners because he disobeyed God. Look at this. And Christ caused many to be made acceptable because of God, excuse me, to God because he obeyed. Wow. When Jesus obeyed and lived on this earth, he made you and I righteousness. I mean, righteous is what he says. Look at verse 20. The Ten Commandments were given so that all could see the extent of their failure to obey God's laws. But the more we see our sinfulness, the more we see God's abounding grace forgiving us. For sin ruled over all men and brought them to death. But now God's kindness rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But we have been given righteousness. Praise God. I mean, we we can't lose now for winning. One last scripture. Let's look at this. One last thing. We'll look over here in in chapter 3 because this story stretches from chapter 3 all the way through the 6th and 7th chapters of Romans. Notice what he says here. Look at verse 10. There's none righteous. No, not one. In other words, we've all blown it. We've all made mistakes. Well, what are we going to do? Look down at verse 19. Now we know that whatsoever the law says, it says to those that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Well, Richard, that's depressing. Well, yeah. The whole world, here we are. We're all guilty before God. But watch this. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, in other words, by our good works, shall no flesh or shall nobody be justified in his sight. That's what David said in Psalm 143. Lord, don't go there because nobody will ever be justified before you. In other words, he's saying, just forgive me. And he goes on and says, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But look at 21. But now the righteousness of God. Remember David said, O God of my righteousness. But now the righteousness of God without the law, in other words, or without trying to be so good, is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, this was recorded even in the Old Testament. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
Let me read this same phrase out of the, out of the Living Bible, and we're going to stop right here. Watch this. Uh, let's see. Uh, look down here at verse 21. But now God has shown us a different way to heaven, not by being good enough and trying to keep His laws, for by, but by a new way, though not really new, for the Scriptures told us about it long ago. Long ago. In other words, David was walking in this even before Jesus died on the cross. Verse 22, now God says He will accept and acquit us, declare us not guilty. Boy, isn't that great? Remember the woman that was, being, was fixing to be stoned and Jesus said, He that's without, without sin, let him cast the first stone. Wow, He put a stop to that. If we trust Jesus to take away our sins, uh, and we all can be saved in this same way by coming to Christ, no matter who we are or what we have been like, Yes, we've all sinned, all fall short of the glory of God's glorious ideal. Yet now God declares us not guilty <clears throat> of offending him if we trust in Jesus Christ in his kindness to freely take away our sins. He just I mean that's not even the end of it. It keeps going for another three or four more verses here. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Lord, we know Jesus is the only way we'll ever get to heaven. Jesus is the only way that we can have our prayers answered. It's not because we're so good. It's because you choose to forgive us, and we just thank you for it. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, I know you'll make us well. We just ask you to strengthen our bodies, help us make our bodies feel well. Lord, and if we're missing some money, we're just short of money this, the, right now. We need a miracle. Well, I know you'll get it for us. It's the same. Hear us speedily, Lord. And if we're faced with some other problem that maybe I don't know, but it, it's just things that come across our heart and we're, we're in trouble, Lord, just get us out like you promised you would. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others how you get us out <laughs> and how you keep making us happy all the time. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, all righty. Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah.